0: We're studying together in Vacation Bible School this year, doing God's will. Now, I'm going to allow the lesson this morning to be an introduction for those of us who will be here and kind of summarize what we'll be studying together for those who will not be here during Vacation Bible School. We'll have five days, and so I'll make five points this morning. We're to do God's will in the world, and the first lesson will be concerned with doing God's will in the world. It behooves all who live in this world to do the will of God. God is sovereign over the whole world. In the book of Revelation, for instance, we'll read in the fourth division of the book of Revelation where the Bible says in verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure are they created. God created everything in this world. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 accounts or gives an account of all of God's creation. And everything that God created was created to do His will. It was created for His pleasure, as John says in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 6 says, that we were created for His glory. And indeed, the whole world has been created for the glory of God. We were created to do His will. God is sovereign over all the world. It doesn't matter whether there are those who do not recognize the sovereignty of God. God is still sovereign over all the world, and all that's in this world is to do the will of God. In Psalm 47, for instance, it says in verse 2, For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is king over all the earth. Verse 7, it says, For God is king over all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Verse 8, he says, God reigneth over the heathen; God sitteth upon the thrones of his holiness. God is sovereign over this whole world. Whether or not we recognize to do the will of God and we obey the will of God, God is still sovereign. God's sovereign and God reigns even though the majority of peoples in this world refuse to do his will. We need to come to knowing to recognize that we are to indeed do the will of God. When you turn to the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel presents the sovereignty of God, and you find Nebuchadnezzar had learned a lesson concerning God. Nebuchadnezzar was king over all the earth, according to the teaching here. He was the high ruler at that time. Nebuchadnezzar had not given God the glory for his reign, but through pride of life he lived, He thought of himself as being sovereign and being king and that all of this had come about because of his own power and his own might. He had had a dream and Daniel had interpreted the dream for him, told him that he would be brought down, that he would be made like an animal and that indeed took place. The Bible records that Nebuchadnezzar was taken so that he would eat grass like the oxen of the field and took on himself the characteristics of an animal. And in verse 34 of Daniel 5, Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of these days, the Bible says, and this is his own word, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, his kingdom is for generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What doest thou? And at the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, Mine honor and my brightness returned unto me, and my counselors my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty added unto me. And I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven of all whose works are true in his way judgment, and walk in pride, or those that walk in pride, he will abase. Nebuchadnezzar had learned had come to realize indeed that God is sovereign over all the earth, and that all men are indeed to do the will of God. In his prayer in Matthew 6, Jesus prayed that thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The whole world is to do God's will. Secondly, not only is the world to do God's will, but nations are to do the will of God Almighty. In the book of Proverbs, we find Solomon discusses how that we're to do the will of God when he says righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, that God's children are to do his will. Nations are to do his will. Every time a nation has risen and has failed to do the will of God, that nation has fallen. You see, God is over the whole world. We are to do the will of God. We are to be subject unto the government. We are to live in accordance to the laws of the land. Why? Because nations ought to do the will of God. They were created to do the will of God. Nebuchadnezzar had come to realize that the nation of this earth ought to do God's will. In the 33rd Psalm, the Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In other words, happiness and blessing is pronounced upon those nations who follow the will of God and who do God's will. Nations ought to live according to the will of God. Laws ought to be enacted after the will of God. In the book of Acts, in the fifth division of that book, we find an instance of Peter and John not doing the will of a nation. Why? They were commanded that they were no longer to speak and to teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Acts 5 and verse 29, the apostle Peter says, whether it is right to hearken or to obey God rather than me and judge ye? We must obey God. When there's a conflict between the laws of a nation and the laws of God and the will of God, when the will of God and the will of a nation find themselves in conflict, Christians are to do the will of God and ignore the will of a nation. But nations need to realize that righteousness exalts a the nation and that sin is reproach to any people and that unless we do God's will as a nation, there will be the result of destruction. Bear in mind that God indeed has one nation today, And that that nation is composed of those who are out of every nation. And that will bring us to our third day's study. Doing the will of God in the church. God's nation today is the Lord's church. It is an everlasting kingdom. It is a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Daniel 2 and verse 44 says that in those days, that the Lord would set up a kingdom which should never be destroyed, and that was in the days of the Roman kings. God's nation is the Lord's church, and the Lord's church ought to be set to do the will of God. In the Ephesian letter, in the third division of that letter, the Ephesian letter presents a picture of the church, and the apostle Paul says, to their intent now that under powers and principalities and heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The church sets forth the manifold wisdom of God. The church is the manifold wisdom of God. That's literally what that passage is saying that God didn't need counselors to plan the scheme of redemption and that we ought to glorify God because he has established the church that we might serve him in the church. The Lord's church is to always do God's will. When you turn on over to the 21st verse of the same chapter, it says unto him be glory in the church, Christ Jesus throughout ages, world without end. And if you'll forget the chapter division, when you come to the first verse of chapter 4, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you are worthy of your vocation for until you were called. Members of the Lord's church together are to do the Lord's will, and we're to work together to see that the Lord's will is carried out. The Great Commission was given in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16, and in Luke 24, so that we as members of the body of Christ might carry out the Lord's will. In Luke 19 and verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we are to carry on the work that Jesus had began. That's what Luke records in Acts 1 and verse 1. The work of our Lord was not finished. He said that he began to do and to teach, not that it was over. When Jesus had ascended to the Father, he was not through. But Jesus worked through the apostles during the first century and through their word and the Lord's church today as we carry the gospel to a lost world. We must do the will of our Lord. In the book of Philippians, in the first division of that book, in verse 27, he says, "Only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come to see you or be absent, I may hear your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel." And so here you have the Lord's church as the Lord's church strives to carry on the will of God. In the second division of that letter, beginning verse twelve. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. This is simply saying that the church is to do the will of God, and it behooves the Lord's church to continue to do God's will, to take the will of our Lord, the Bible, apply that to our lives and teach that to lost a lost world, a lost nation, to lead men unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we'll be studying together on Wednesday, doing the will of God in the church. Then we'll study doing the will of God in the family. God indeed has a will for the family. God instituted the home, Genesis chapter 2. God designed it so that it would bring pleasure to those who were in the home that the home would be a place of rest, Ruth 1 and verse 9, that the home would be as God intended that the home be. I want to read to you two of the Psalms to show us the kind of home that God intends that we'll have. In Psalms 127 and 128, the Bible says, Except the Lord build a house, they do labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep a city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for he so giveth his beloved chief. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They are not ashamed, but they speak with the enemies in the gate. And so Psalms 127 says that unless the Lord is a part of a house, that they do labor in vain that build it. The Lord must control our houses. He must control our actions in the family, our actions in the home. And 128 he says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord and he that walketh in his ways. In other words, blessed is the man who does God's will. For thou shalt eat of the labor of thy hands, Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. And thy wife shall be a fruitful vine by the sand of thy house. Thy children shall be olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that it is thus sh- that the man shall be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of the life. Yea, thy and thy children's children, and peace shall be upon Israel." It's only when we realize that we must do God's will in our homes and that our homes are centered around the will of God that we have happy homes. God always intended that the home be a place of happiness. He designed it that way. And when we live with Christian attitudes in our homes, have proper attitudes as husbands, husbands be men, wives be women, not children, But live maturely with one another. Bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Teach them the fear of the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, some nine times you see this phrase or one similar to it. Hear the instruction, my son, of thy father. Follow in the ways of God. That's exactly what David was trying to teach Solomon. And Solomon tried to teach his children that they were to hear the instruction of a wise father. And the only wisdom according to the book of Proverbs is the wisdom that comes from God Almighty himself. When God's will is carried out in the home, then our homes will be what they ought to be. And then finally, we'll study together God's will for the individual. This is where the rubber meets the road, I believe is the lesson pointed out. When we get down to the real truth of the matter, we are individually responsible before God Almighty. In Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, the Bible says, For everyone must appear before the judgment seat of God, that each one might receive the things done in the body according to what he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. When you come down to the finality of doing God's will, we each one must do the will of the Father, for we're each accountable before God. Romans 14 and verse 10, he says, For each one must give an account of himself before God. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 5, he says, Let each one bear his own burden. Verse 2 he had said, Bear ye to one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. But there are some burdens that we cannot bear for others. There are some burdens that must be borne alone. We must do God's will. Every one of us as the children of God stand accountable to do God's will. Everyone whom has been placed on this earth stands accountable to do the will of God. We will stand before him in judgment. And we'll answer on the basis of whether or not we've done His will. Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Many will say him in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out demons, and in thy name done many mighty works. Then will I profess unto them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The man who does the will of God is the only one who will be pleasing to God. It behooves each of us to strive to do God's will. We have a fit example to follow in doing God's will. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do God's will. Here was the very essence of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life was set to do the will of God. In the 6th chapter of the book of John, in verse 38, it says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. In the 8th chapter of the book of John, you find again the Lord Jesus Christ said that he had come to do the will of God. You and I must be willing and ready to do God's will. To do that, it requires that we deny self. In Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus said, If any man would be my disciple, let him first deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In order for us to do the will of God, we must subject ourselves unto his will. Say, my will means nothing. I deny my own will, and I'm going to follow the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28:18, Jesus said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. We must subject ourselves under that authority to do God's will in our individual life. In the book of 1 John, John in the second chapter of that book expresses what will take place to those who do God's will when he had given the warning that we're to love not the world and neither the things that are in the world For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of the life, are not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father shall abide forever. How wonderful it is that we can know the will of God, that we can apply that to our lives to do God's will. And in doing God's will, The Bible says we'll abide forever. We'll be passed from life unto life. Yes, we'll die. But as in the case of Lazarus, Jesus said he's not dead. He's living. The child of God who is faithful unto the Lord Jesus Christ will be able to spend eternity with him in heaven. Why? Because he continues to do God's will. Serve the Creator. If you're here this morning and not a child of God, why live any longer in rebellion against God? God loves you. He sent His Son to die for you on the cross. Jesus died there doing the will of God, not for His sins, but for yours and mine. Why not submit under the will of God? Be obedient under the gospel of Christ. Allow your faith that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God to cause you to turn from sin. Confess Him before an audience like this morning. Be buried with your Lord in baptism for the remission of your sins. Put on Christ and then serve Him in His kingdom, doing His will all the days of life. And one day when you come down to the end of the pathway of life, you'll be as a faithful servant of our Lord. So blessed art thou, enter into the joys of your Lord. If your subject this morning won't you call, Master? together we we'll stand and sing.